Welcome to the Blueprint of Living an Extraordinary Life podcast. In this podcast, we talk about getting out of our own way and moving from living ordinary lives to extraordinary lives. My name is Theo Tilton, and I am a full-spectrum prosperity mindset expert, international best-selling author, and certified life coach. Each episode, I'm on a mission to provide concrete practices in the art of being, doing, and having that have a proven, tangible, reliable result and can be implemented in our daily lives with a system of support leaving you moved, touched, inspired, and empowered on your way to living your very own extraordinary life. Thank you for spending time with me today. Now let's dive into the blueprint of living an extraordinary life and shift from simply surviving to thriving. Welcome to this episode of the Blueprint of Living Your Extraordinary Life. I am your host, Theo Chilton, and on with me today, I have this amazing woman, Beverly Thatcher, She is also known as the Forgiveness Guru. She has been on a spiritual path for over two decades, working with the Course in Miracles on a daily basis. Today, she's going to share with us what she has discovered as the missing link for herself over all of these years, being internally oriented as opposed to being externally oriented. She believes that this is the blind spot that is the thing that happens with most spiritual seekers. Today, she's going to share with us her epiphanies, and I want us to give a warm welcome to Beverly Thatcher. Hello, Beverly. How are you doing today? Hello, Theo. Wow, thank you for that spectacular intro. (laughs) (laughs) You're very welcome. That's awesome. So uh, again, thanks. I just want to acknowledge you for being here. I know it takes something. We set aside time in our schedule and Sometimes there's uncomfortableness and it's like that growing edge. As a coach, I always share with people, clients, and all kinds of different experiences that I have had as a coach, that the moment you start to feel that like level of uncomfortableness or like, ooh, like there's like a thing, it's like, it's like that is your growing edge. Like, so that's like, it's just the, the zone of the unknown. And when we come from a centered place of being in our own zone like the thing that lights us up the thing that the thing or the purpose the reason why we're here a lot of that starts to disappear so the moment we really start to get in the flow of what it is that we're doing and all of that discomfort seems to like just completely dissipate and say goodbye to all that stuff right and i know that your zone you you've been in the in the coaching space and you're known as the forgiveness guru, right? Um, and creating miracles. And you talk about being involved with the Course of Miracles for like over two decades. And I myself, I'm staring at a copy of the Course of Miracles right now on my bookshelf. And I have done also the Course of Miracles. And I'll be quite honest, I did not complete the book. And But I want to hear from you. Like, What has the impact of A Course of Miracles been? in your life and how is it that you've been practicing it every single day for the last 20 years okay so i will share with you that the book showed up in my life literally when i was 16 i'm now 57 so it 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 appeared in my house i never knew where the book came from it just sort of had a presence with it and 
And then throughout my journey, it kept surfacing, right? Like the night I walked out of Wall Street and I'm sitting in the back of a restaurant up, upstate, like, like I, I like I made a distinct decision that I'm leaving that world and I tr- I'm trusting guidance. This waitress was like, hey, do you mind if I come and sit down with you? I've heard you talking sometimes and I really want to get to know you. So I'm sitting there with this stranger and and again, out of her mouth comes, oh, you, you need to read this book. My sister's reading A Course in Miracles. And that visceral feeling inside of me, like, ugh, that book. Because it's <laughs> it, it was chasing me all, all these years. And there was a part of me that was just like, oh my God, the answers, because I have, I was so far away from peace. And all I wanted was peace. <laughs> like, like, and to feel loved in the world and to feel close to other people because that's all I craved. And it was always so elusive. And I was really lost. I just didn't know, like, what am I doing wrong? Please, somebody give me this manual, this book or something that will give me the answers. So that's where my Course in Miracles journey started to begin. Like I I tried again, reading the book back when she said that, like, surely it's in this book. And I had, and I went back to the apartment in the city and I tried reading the book and it was like the same paragraph I'm reading over and over and over again. And I was like, this damn book is too hard. There's no way this is coming from like, from Jesus or from the divine, which is, which is the source of it. And I slammed the book against the wall the cement wall, my apartment. And I was so utterly determined to find the answers that I began to storm, to storm out of the apartment. And within five minutes, I put my hand on a book across the street that said the perfect power within. And that book spoke to me, like it had all, it was red highlighted all underneath and all the words throughout that felt like somebody was doing just for me. So I began that book. I, I did that book probably for about three years on my journey. And, and in hindsight, that was a baby Course in Miracles book. Like there was one line in that book that just sang to my soul. She said, we must be willing to get rid of all of our hates, even the seemingly little ones, like doing the dishes or, or, or taking the trash out or speaking to a certain person. Walking the dog or... <laughs> yeah, whatever it might be. And it was the first time, like, when I heard that, I was like, wow, that that would be heaven on earth. Right. <laughs> right? Like, right? Like, it was, this was my pain in all of these experiences. So that was really perhaps like one of the big turning points is, is fully getting that idea. Yeah. What I'm hearing too, like when I'm, it's like we have a tendency as human beings to everything, everything means something. Like, I think that's like, even, even in like, it's that course of miracles. I think it's like day one or something like in the course of miracles where it's like, (laughs) I'm making this mean something like, like, and I know it's not day one, but it's, it's close to the front. 
it's pretty close. Yeah, look at this cup. <laughs> but look at this cup. What does it mean? I make this cup mean what the cup means. And it's it's I do something like that in in my book. I have this whole presencing practice mm-hmm. where it's like we discover that you that we are the ones making the meaning of everything. And what I'm hearing you say is like all these little things, like dropping all these all these things that kind of like annoy us, that we hate, that like the subtle annoyance is the uncomfortability of things, like the thoughts. It's like the meaning, like that's mm-hmm. that's there, and particularly significance, right? So it's it's like why is it so difficult? Like why why do I hate walking the dog? Why do I hate doing the dishes? Why do I? It's like there's something behind it that we it's unconscious. It's like it's like this subjective thought process that's there and it's like being willing to stand in i'm gonna let that go here let's go let it go like and and some people like they really don't want to let it go like they just don't like no you're not gonna force me to let it go like okay (laughs) they're gonna continue getting what you're getting right yeah yeah and that really it's it's so it's been interesting like over the years there's a bazillion different stories of all the different incidences that finally led me up to landing on the course of miracles and being like okay uncle this book must be the truth and i began going to a study group up in albany and starting to get a big hand bigger handle on it and and i would say became like a mentor he was like my forgiveness mentor right <laughs> in in things to let go of and and to work on letting go of and i was living with an alcoholic at that time and i was We had a, a restaurant together that was in my name, right? And I had a bazillion reasons to be terrified or to want to crucify him. <laughs> and, or, and it was really, and I just knew that I had become so reactive in my relationships with other people that I absolutely knew that I was the common denominator. Yeah. Right? Like, 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 I'm connected to my feelings. Some people are not so connected to their feelings that it's easy for them to be in chaos and they're not just like a reaction machine. But my body, <laughs> my body is not going to tell a lie. Like, if it's bothered, I'm, I feel it. <laughs> like, it, so it's been this journey of like, oh, I'm feeling, I'm feeling something. But like, when you're feeling like it, it's real, like, I've learned since then. So every upset, like that whole relationship had nothing to do really with him. He was like, he was like my teacher of all this pain that I had inside of me. Right? Yeah. And and probably represented every previous pain. Right, right, right. I mean, there is, there is a supplemental book of A Course in Miracles. I don't know how many people are familiar with it, but it's called The Song of Prayer. And that was always, that was always like my crisis go-to when I really wanted to rip somebody's head off (laughs) or his head off back then. And there's a line in it that says, like, it's not, it's not him. It's your past that you're seeing in him. Like, lay down your arms (laughs) and receive the lily that he's trying to give you. Wow. Right? Like he's my savior bringing me home. Like he is pointing out, out everything inside of me that is unloving. 
The or is guilt and shame and all that other stuff that's flopping around in there. So, so I did that whole. I, I had become so isolated, basically from the world. Like I was so reactive, I couldn't really be with anybody. So I did that whole relationship wholeheartedly. Like every time he said something that that hurt me or triggered me, I would be like, 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 and I would turn around. I would see me doing it, and I would drag myself up to my local ashram to go meditate, or I would do the Course in Miracles. I would do it all day. Until that agony would leave me, right? And I would assert, like I had a blind spot back then, like I, that I now know a way through it that I didn't know back then, right? So, so, so the the pain that comes up now, there's like a quicker way that I know <laughs> to to move through it. So it's like it's like when you it's like when you're driving, right? And it's like all of a sudden the highway splits and you're like, oh, there's the express lane and I can stay in the local or I can the express lane. So it's like you've discovered this thing for yourself and that express lane can be completely different for each person. Right. Uh, but you discovered yours, which is, that's that's great. So what is it? Mean, you... I know you want to know that express lane, don't you? <laughs> I got you. Well, well, it was like getting very clear, right? For one thing that I know that I have, there's a purification process. The course, this is very clear. Like before we begin to see miracles on a regular basis, you have to go through this purification process, right? And and in that process, what I learned this past year is that I was being externally oriented. Outside, outside of yourself. Right, right. Like, like, I would say like I began to creep into understanding this like two or three years ago that that I wasn't connected to my own feelings. Right. So when you grow up in an environment like we tend to be like connected to the people around us. Right. Our parents or whatever. Like for me, it was a very chaotic environment. Right. So you learn at a very young age how to be like a people pleaser or what do I need? Let me pay attention over there to them, right? So that I can stay alive, that I can survive through this, right? Like, and that's really, that is what, if you've ever heard of codependency, that's what, that's what codependency is. Largely, right? It's, it's caring more about what other people think and feel than what I'm caring about what I think and feel. Or, or maybe even being so neutral. You know, something, it's great. I love these conversations because like it has, it has there's an opportunity for me to really think about something that's, that occurs inside of me, right? So I'm like, hmm, like hearing you, I'm like, I have this kind of very neutral way in the world. And I think back to my past and I'm like, well, it wasn't like that in the past. I was very kind of like polarizing and I had like this push 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 my opinion or my agenda and now it's like no 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 like listen 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 and I discover even even now like there's times when like I'm I've been hijacked and I'm secretly pushing my agenda again like oh really like so this is kind of like something that's there and then I and then I become aware of 
sometimes the indecision like that that gets that becomes present in any scenario whether it be whether it be like hey what do you want to do tonight like a very kind of like open-ended question like or what do you want what do you want to eat for dinner like it, these kind of like very open whatever you want because i'll eat anything like or and so like the way you actually are kind of like for me like drops out and then allows this space of like well whatever happens happens and i'm okay with it and maybe and what i'm hearing you say it's like almost like well what am i allowing myself to just be codependent and and not have my own inner expression of what it is that wants to actually be there and come out and then and then once it gets externalized from the internal then there can be a negotiation of like oh okay that all right well what well, well, what do you want to do like and, and have default speaker can you hear me i can oh got it sound check all right so and then it's like then once you bring that inner into the outer and both parties or multiple parties are involved in that it's like oh now we can have a conversation about what it is that we collaboratively want to do as, mm-hmm. a, as opposed to always being the pacifist like just sitting there and like mm-hmm. everything's fine everything's yeah let's just okay let's do that i'll do that i'm fine with that it's great like fine <laughs> as then that's kind of like when i was i was kind of like internalized what you were saying and, and and i was like oh where where do i do that for myself right well i mean it's something to be aware of for me well it, it's it's in i mean i'll share with you like what i have discovered that I have utter faith in of these last years because it it's allowing the conflict to come up. Oh. <laughs> it's like... Like allowing there to be a disturbance. Like, yeah, like, yeah, like to starting to connect to my feelings, right? And starting to say what comes from me internally not from feeling over there with that other person like what do they want to hear me say what do they need me to say right it's starting to trust call it call whatever you want the holy spirit or my inner guide or within me what am i being led to say and trusting that even though it might bring you straight down a massive explosive blow up right (laughs) right and it takes courage to do like yeah is that something there no it's just i'm like it has me thinking again it's like Mm -hmm. i've i have definitely had conversations in my circle right where there is this presence of what is it that like a like an agreeableness like you're all, you're always so agreeable. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's because you're always like just so agreeable and that's how you are and that's how you operate or if you're just trying to be a people pleaser. And a part of me knows like I'm definitely in my past, I have been a people pleaser. Like I was. If we all are. <laughs> yeah, I was completely, yeah, I was completely operated by the misinterpretation of things, right? So. I'm going to be rejected in this moment. The I'm not lovable and the world out there is really scary and I need to surround myself and I'll do everything that I need to do to make sure I don't lose love and affinity and like all these things. So acceptance, the fear of rejection, like...
all these things can kind of mm -hmm. control that narrative. And I never quite thought about the way you're bringing it, which is great. I love mm -hmm. it. Yeah, I, I could share with you, like, I'm standing from where I am, right? That I'm pretty positive that the thinking mind is the whole, like the entire thinking mind is the realm of the ego, our false self. It's a survival mechanism, right? So, so I would assert like most of us, we did that to protect ourselves because we could not be with the pain, the feelings that are inside of us that need to be given space to have voice. <laughs> they, they need to come up. That rejection, the lack of love, the, the feeling that we're inadequate or disappointing other people, like, and that has been my journey over the last year is learning how to escape the thinking mind <laughs> and and feel into like regularly within myself like what what is showing up in my being that's there for me yeah that's 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 wild you said a few things about the design of like who we are and like have you ever heard of something called and this is not really something that i cover yeah, on yeah, this yeah. podcast but and and i'll preface this but i don't know a lot about it i know a person who knows a lot about this. It's called human design. Have you ever heard of human design? I knew you were going to say that. I was almost going to say the words before you had it come out of your mouth, but I couldn't think of what's that called again? That thing that Charles Davies does. So yes, I have heard of it and I have taken the test and I don't exactly remember that, but. Oh, Charles I, Davies does it? Wow. Or he did it. Like they did the test and I think it reveals some stuff. Yeah. 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 Charles Davies is a mutual friend. So for those of you who are listening, mm -hmm. it's it's somebody that we have shared a friendship here. Hi, Charles. Hey, Charles. <laughs> Charles, how you doing? <laughs> and that would be Charles, Charles Davies from Philadelphia, I believe. Who is now in North Carolina. <laughs> Who is now in North Carolina. Amazing. Probably chewing people up and spitting them out in the real estate scene. Mm -hmm. But anyway, yeah, human design is all based on a mixture of multiple modalities of spirituality, which is you have your, the Kabbalah, you have astrology chakras, the, the Ching, I Ching, mm -hmm. uh, which is an ancient Asian. I've done, I've done that. <laughs> I think I've done everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so you have all these like gates and like when you're, when you were born, there's all these, the planets were in a certain position, all these neutrinos came in and programmed your body. And so human design says there are certain profile types are those you're a generator you're a manifesting generator you are a manifester you're a projector you are a reflector like and so your body said set up a certain way and it's not a lot of people think they get a little bent on this topic because especially in spirituality fields right we have a tendency to think of a law of attraction and like, oh, we can create, we can manifest anything we want. And, and there's truth to all of it, right? What human design says is that, yes, spiritually, that is true. Like you are a divine being, like you're created like there, but there is a false self, right? Mm -hmm. So, and the body that you're in, the vehicle, the, the flesh suits that you're in came with a manual. That manual is human design. So it's kind of like giving you like, 
like I drive a Volvo, you drive a Porsche. Like what did it say? And there's different ways. Like I have a manual steer. I have a power steering. You don't are like, so like there's different ways in which the tool, which is the vehicle operates and every single person potentially has a, has a unique design. And so that's what that whole thing is. So we, as you were saying this, I was like, oh, the false self. Yeah. Like that. That is the false self. That is the false self. Cause now there's this, there's these things called open centers, like, which is you have your mind, you have your Ajna, which is like your third eye, you have your, your throat, you have your identity center, your heart, your solar plexus, your spleen, like there's all these centers, energy centers, and some of them are defined and some of them are open. And in the open ones, that's where all the programming can occur. That's where all the false self comes in uh, because the world around us begins to program us from the moment we're like this big and we have this in, big, or this, this big, or this big, you know. Yeah, we have, yeah, we have the indoctrination of religion, parenting, schools, books, movies, cartoons, like all these things, like start to program all these open centers in in our in the in the design of the body, and then there are defined centers, which. These are our innate talents, gifts, like things that come from within us that are like divinely given. And it's like, I, I find in, in learning more about human design, it's like, all right, how do I tap in? Like, how do I tap into all that divine stuff knowing that it's there? Because it's automatic. Like, we don't even realize that it's there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so it kind of had me, I know that was a little bit of the diversion, but it kind of had me think about what we were saying about the false self. Like that the ego comes into place and it's like this illusionary thing and we're walking around and the thing that's being presented out in the world is the false self. The whole world. Yeah. Yeah. The whole world is that way. The world, like everything that we see is not real. Like it's like, it's a projection of our humanness. Yeah. Sorry. That might've been a little weird for right now, but. (laughs) No, it's. Yeah. Yeah. and, and very necessary for us to maybe have this conversation, like it's appropriate, right? So everything that's happening, the pandemic, like, I can't believe it, and three years, like mm-hmm. uh, just a little side note for the audience that's listening, how I know Beverly, Beverly and I were in a two year long program, transformational program around the idea of communication and like how communication could completely transform your world. Like you say, chair. <laughs> chair falls out of your mouth and like there's a chair there in the room like so it's really about the empowerment of language and and all these different types of things so, so we know each other from that and we have a background together in that i'll call it technology but one of the things i've noticed since the pandemic started back in 2020 now my last weekend in, in that program was november 2019 and we were in like San Francisco. Uh, and it was right before Thanksgiving. And I came home and I was like deathly sick for two weeks. And that was exactly the time when the first cases started coming in. I don't know. I don't know if you were in that weekend, but that was when they had that world's largest Salesforce conference in San Francisco and 180,000 people from Asia. And like, we're all in San Francisco in the same hotel that we were in. And I was like, oh, I wonder if I caught COVID by the beginning. Mm-hmm. But the conversational 
the conversation that was happening in the world and still kind of like is happening. It's kind of like this survival struggle. Like it's kind of like this manipulated conversation that's like the world is going to hell in a handbasket and there's nothing you can do about it. And like, to be, to be quite honest, there's been many times where I catch myself falling, and I'll, I'll use the word victim, like falling victim to the, the external. And it's like, holy crap, like it's so pervasive. It's, it's everywhere. And I'm also noticing my language, right? So I'm like, oh, I'm saying it's everywhere. So it, of course it is everywhere. This episode is brought to you by The Practice Method, 30-day blueprint for living your extraordinary life and thepracticemethod.com. The Practice Method, 30-day blueprint for living your extraordinary life is a mind, body, spirit journey revealing who you are and how you operate by default. Regardless of your age, gender, race, or sexual orientation, this program will serve as a blueprint to your own personal transformation, filled with tools, distinction, personal stories of inspiration, and client case studies. The author takes you on a journey of self-discovery and empowerment to create your very own extraordinary life that you love living by conscious design. And now let's get back to the episode. So we have the power within us and I know the Course in Miracles talks about this. We have the power within us to completely change that false illusion. Like we can drop, the, the illusion can drop and like the reality of what you are can be revealed in the world itself mm-hmm. by simply creating it through a brand new, brand new meaning, brand new thought, brand new conversation, brand new language, brand like inventing something because that's what we do by default anyway. That isn't, isn't that, isn't that what you think? Like that's who we are. We are co-creators of our own life mm-hmm. and we invent everything that we see. So I would say that's true. And the course of miracles would assert that you would go from one dream to a happier dream, but you're still not going to have the experience of being that experience I- of, that experience of a, like one of the things I read in, in like the disappearance of the universe, right? When they talk about like in being in the, the divine mind, like be fully getting above this battlefield finally, right? Where we're in the divine mind, Buddha mind, Christ mind, whatever you want to call it, right? Mm-hmm. He says, wow, it sounds kind of boring. Like nothing would change. You have no problems. And he describes to him like, well, take like your very best orgasm and multiply it by like 300,000. <laughs> like like would you I don't know if I would survive I don't know if I would survive like, I, don't, I don't know what it says but it says like would you find that boring do you know what I'm saying so it's like this choice every day of realizing like I can run around and dance around in trying to make things happen but I'm realizing the the most important work for myself is when I do have a problem out there <laughs> It's to, not from my thinking mind, try to like reinvent it or decide how I want it to look, but to really drop the allness of everything and feel into that truth within me, the kingdom of heaven within me. Yes. 
the perfection, the love, the safety, the joy. And, and constantly like realizing when I'm hooked, when we we're hooked in something out there, it's temptation. Right. And it's to, to realize like I have this, this going on and to, to go within and to keep going within and going within. And it's, it's a whole different way of being in the world, right? It's to like, let go. And there are some times when I recognize I have a hard time, like letting go of something or the realness of something. Right. And, and it's like, it's really like clashing between two worlds, right? Like I'm currently going through my big booga booga healing right now with my family, <laughs> right? Like the show, I was going to say, would you, would, could you walk us through some kind of specific instance or experience yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and how you're applying the principles that, you, that you've been yeah. talking about? So, so I have been doing a codependency program this past year. And what's been interesting because it doesn't, it, it's, it, it doesn't talk about like forgiveness and things like that. So I've been kind of like taking what works for me and what doesn't and leaving the rest behind. But part of that program was teaching me how to allow my emotions and my feelings and my pain to emerge and to be with that, to let it come up. Right. So, so, and that's, the newness when it's hard to really get like the course is saying it's teaching us how to connect to that inner teacher. So it's going to bring me through other means of whatever it takes for me to learn how to bring a healing to what's happening to me. Right. At the end of the day, the heart of the course in miracles is getting free of the shame and the guilt. It's really because that is what's binding us to this human condition the suffering, the surviving, mm. right? So when I went through this thing with my, my sister, right? It's, it's, it's upheaving every doubt, all that pain that's deep inside of me, right? Like the things that were said that I couldn't be with in the beginning, right? So I have to learn how to like, let that pain come up inside me to sink into my body to feel that shame and the guilt where like what is there to feel the mourning of feeling rejected by my family which is out in the world right and and it was like going through this process repeatedly of basically allowing divine love my higher self Jesus whatever works for you for me right is to constantly allow myself to be with it and to let that pain come up and then to care for it and acknowledge the legitimacy of these feelings right because we're told that our feelings are crazy we're not allowed to feel we're not allowed to be upset right like it's not enlightened to be upset and if i had one big message that i want to shout out to the spiritual community is we have to go through that we have to allow these feelings to come up and to sink into it, to get out of the thinking mind and to, and to connect to our feelings and to allow the darkness to be purified. Yeah. 
and to to constantly like re go back and to connect to the feeling of innocence inside of me and to the feeling of my being the presence inside of me mm. the truth the truth that's in me and I mean, look, intellectually, I get like my sister and I were not separate, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, you and I are like, not and intellectually, separate. intellectually, I get to forgive it all. Yeah. But I am not going to heal this on an intellectual level. There is no healing that could ever happen from the rational mind. It has to come from a deeper place. Right. Like that was my blind spot over all these years. Right. Like I would be when we did that communication program to me, that was like a playground for me to see what was inside of me. Right. And I pretty much what I kept doing to myself was I would make myself wrong and bad for these reactions. And I would be like, oh, when the hell am I going to get rid of these? Like I've been working so hard. Right. Like and then I'm there. <laughs> Right. And what was missing from my process in doing that was to have really given myself the space to feel what was in that reaction. Because yeah. that reaction is because the little girl, the little ego Bev couldn't be with what they were saying. It was too painful. Yeah. And it was this innate belief that I'm bad, that I'm difficult that I, I have no compassion or empathy or I can't be kind enough to be with some, like, couldn't be a good enough listener. Like, we can't, we can't. I've, I've had that, by, by the way, I've had that. You've had what? You've had what? <laughs> I, I have this amazing, I'll re remain nameless, right? But I have this amazing friend that, like, yeah, it's like the friendship is just ridiculous. It's great. And that simultaneously, it's one of the most challenging things, like, and because I'm. This person represents a mirror, mm -hmm. constant mirror, like a reflection, and it's a talking. So imagine, I want you to imagine this is for everybody that's listening. Like, I want you to imagine that you're in relationship with somebody who's a friend and it's the mirror of your world and it's a talking mirror like it talks back at you and it tells you the truth like of like what's going on internal like so it's a mirror that sees straight through you that can see oh where's that coming from right now because that's like you're talking from a place of like you're ready to be rejected and that's not what's really going on like you're not even listening to me like like and so when you said listener i was like oh yeah i've had that one this isn't it's like where we get distracted in the thought of what it is we're about to respond to or and then like sentences and phrases and paragraphs will go by in language that we're like not even present to and and we like you didn't say that yes i did i just said that no you didn't like i didn't hear you saying that. i'm like <laughs> yes i did <laughs> and it's like ah so when you said that i resonated with that it's something that i'm continuously working on I try to be more present to it do you have you found a secret with that have you when this comes up for you like have you 
like something about being present in that moment to really get someone and it be in really an authentic communication with somebody yeah the seek the, the secret is to stop and connect to your own feelings is to keep nurturing the presence within ourselves and to keep nurturing it and nurturing it because it we can't show up if it is driving us crazy that somebody over there isn't listening to us or somebody over there is saying these really horrible things right like i mean i will i mean what the things that my sister said like it, it took the breath out of me right yeah. and it was the things that i heard as a kid it was the things as a kid that i couldn't be with right like I, as if like i was a monster because i had all these intense emotions or feelings that that no no one could be with in the family everyone's just ping-ponging with each other right so so i had to keep nurturing that pain that was coming up like i had to like allow it to feel like what's showing up even like feeling what's showing up like when your friend's not listening to you <laughs> it's like to go and 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 daily show up with what's there for me what does that what, feel like yeah for what what about when you're excuse me like i just want to ask what about if you're the one like so if you're the one that is discovered but like you're not listening like and and, and oh and you're the one that like is being told you're not you're not listening to me every time i speak to you it makes me feel like you're not listening to me or like i'll tell you something and then like 24 hours later it's like as if we never had the conversation like I know we had the conversation because you were sitting there saying, uh-huh, yeah, I gotcha. Like, and you even repeated what I said, but here it is 24 hours later and it appears as though you really didn't hear me or you really didn't listen to me. I've had that experience myself. Where, and where you're failing, where you couldn't be with what somebody else was saying or the other way around? Like, I'm the one being told I'm the one that's not listening. Right, okay, got it, got it. Well, I just lived through this with my sister. Okay, right? Because literally we were both in a gridlock of I'm not feeling heard and I'm trying to get clarity like, hey, is that what you really feel about me? Like I need some examples or whatever. And I kept getting like no response, right? And I was going berserk on my side, right? Like, like, what the hell, <laughs> right? But, but the truth was I had to be with and allow the pain of those feelings of what she was saying to me, I had to heal that. Right. To eat, to, to get past the defensiveness. Right. Right, like I, I couldn't even be present with her or even think about going back into a relationship because I was so taken out. My nervous system like was shot because it felt like pure rejection for me right like yeah. right like I couldn't even be talking to her or hearing what was there with her until I could until I could heal enough of that pain inside of me mm -hmm. yeah like, like it's hard to believe that it's always like in us yeah. it's really 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 hard to believe <laughs> <laughs> no it's <laughs> you're not <laughs> yeah, you know, it's 
<laughs> it can't be so. so I don't. I, I don't believe a word you're saying. Well, I mean, it's interesting because I could give an example from this communication program we did, right? Yeah. So I had a fear, like I couldn't speak up to people that I perceived as authorities or over me, right? Now that is right there a call for healing. Yeah. Like that I am perceiving anyone as superior to me, above me, or any of that. Like it was such a blind spot seeing that I even had that there and that I was afraid of like showing up in the team two calls. Like I was really having a nervous breakdown going to those calls because every time that I would speak up in the past as the youngest of seven people, uh, it didn't go well because I would try to speak up. They didn't like what they heard. And then it would be like a smear campaign. Like, oh, you're so difficult. Oh, why are you doing this? And I'd be like, what? Like nobody's hearing me. <laughs> right? So, so that was, that tape was still running in May, right? And, and I had a whole like year on the program in doing the program where I had a hard time showing up with another team member. Like for a year, we had a recurring upset. Wow. A year. And I would say, listen, I don't know why I'm having uh, being late showing up to this call or being late doing this. I really don't know. I have alarms. I have this. I have that. And I swear to you, it is not that. <laughs> like, I'm doing my best. Yeah. And they couldn't believe it or accept it or be with it right. or trust it. And we kept having this pain every day, having the same upset. They wanted me to be different and I couldn't be. But... If I knew then what I know now, I would have healed my pain that I was experiencing from them not believing me. Right, exactly. Like I could have been able to be with their pain. Yeah. Yeah, being able to relate to like, really relate. Right, show up as a presence. Yeah. Yes. It's fascinating. It's fascinating stuff. Like one of the things that comes up for me is the ability to be with. I've done so many exercises on this for myself, which I think has allowed me to be where I'm at mentally and emotionally, being able to be in very difficult scenarios. And, but the difficulty has nothing to do with the actual communication, circumstances, events, environment, it has nothing to do with it. It's the difficulty is all here. It's like, all, it's all in the mind. And it takes something. When I, I talk with a client and I talk about coachability, I have, I spent a whole day section in my book about it. It's about coachability is really our ability to be with something that's really uncomfortable and being able to hear it over and over and over and over and over like and just and being able to be with it until it sinks in and you discover something newly where you discover like hello like the pop like the epiphany of oh it's me i'm the one listening and interpreting and meaning making and doing all these things and i have to stand 
in this to be an observer of it so that I realize I'm just making all this shit up. And it takes sometimes a mentor, it takes sometimes a coach, it takes someone like like you, a person who's who coaches somebody who has a program and brings people through a process that yeah, needs to have also willing participants that go through and being trained. I know that you're highly trained and, you, and, and you're sharing with everyone here that it's also a, a process that you're still involved in. Like it still exists. Like it's, it's always this constant whip. I work at whip. When I say whip, I mean work in, work in progress. There's always this constant whip that's happening. Um, and it's like, there is this level of, I think, perfection that we strive for, especially in spirituality and personal development circles and transformation. Like there's this like, like this like ideal image that like everybody tries to follow fall into like thinking that there's some kind of perfect state the truth is is that that's not real like that there is no like this perfect state i believe this is my experience my my perception like even the likes of like mel robbins or tony robbins or deepak chopra or whoever it is marion williamson we only see the sound bites we only see the video clips we only see the perfection like we only see like and then every once in a while they'll reveal like you'll hear these messages like oh no they go through shit too <laughs> like and they just have to practice their own tools right and that brings me to like kind of like another question i know that we're getting close to our time and i want to make sure that i get so juicy like everything that we're talking about is like really so rich and and thick filled with transformative transformative juiciness right and it's it's in the squeeze right it's in that squeeze of life that we get this claim that juice do you have program like so i know that you have a couple websites and things going on do you have anything coming up that people could learn more about you that do you have a class coming up or anything like that where people can jump in oh my god i love barely i want to jump in and and be with her and and maybe go through her process and see what she's up to. Is anything like that coming up for you? I don't have anything like that scheduled. Okay. I will tell you my website is Beverly. Thatcher.com. And my other website is MiraculousChaos.com. Right. One is, one is really my dream is to work with families. And, and I would say like, I'm really just starting to step out and doing that or individuals or couples in their chaos because I know that the people who are right and ready for a, for a spiritual shift are, are the people who literally are in a crisis. Like those are our golden opportunities and I want to go out and work with people to help them organize their space or like physically deal with whatever they're dealing with because that's where it creates the involvement. Yeah. Right? Because it's always the the two of us always healing together. Yeah, right? like like they're going to say things that are going to trigger me. I'm going to be triggered by them, and that's when we learn. Like to me, it's like really learning on the court, live when we're activated. How to heal with and be with and discover that pain that's inside of us. Mm. Yeah. Like it's not going to happen intellectualizing on a therapy call with a therapist. Like you might get some nice concepts and ideas. Right. Exactly. 
But the 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 only way out of our hell, as far as I'm concerned, is is actually learning to recognize, to to, to discover, to connect to a piece hmm. inside of ourselves. A because that is our guidance systems, right? When we're not fully feeling peaceful, like there is something that's active in me. And learning how to give space to that inside of us and to heal it, like really being like the divine parent to our humanness. Yeah. I mean, it's right. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you know, like when a whole family is all fighting against each other, right? It's coming from your human perspectives and your triggers and your buttons and you will never get oh, out. Yeah, of it. it's like it's your it's your past experiences. It's like oh, you do you live in like this for twenty years? Like uh, all this stuff comes in. And it's like and there's yeah, yeah. there's no listening. Like listening. Well, everyone's throwing shame and guilt at each other. Yes, exactly. And then and waiting for the forgiveness, and they're waiting, like waiting, well, waiting. It's never gonna happen. Like I guess it's never gonna happen. <laughs> they have to accept you for who you are. Like, again, like. And all this stuff that happens, and it's like, hmm, let's collective take a deep breath. And let's just all temporarily let that go and allow the presence of who we really are mm-hmm. to, to be present in the moment. And to that, experience our innocence. Yeah. Because all that, that's mm-hmm. really what's happening, and or the truth of really what's happening. And then everything else is like this illusory thing, the stories, the, the meanings, the the projections, the everything that gets created in the world around us from, I call it storytelling. It's like the storytelling. Right. And I'm a great storyteller. Like, I know. Take it from me. I have a great story. But yeah. I'll tell you the most humbling thing in The Course in Miracles is it says, not one, sing- not one single thought of ours is true. Powerful, right? Yeah. I, like they're really when we have the courage to do it when we're in an upset with somebody else and we have the courage to be with like wow wait a minute I really don't know anything about I don't know anything about love because <laughs> it's our ideas about love that's causing the pain for ourselves and the people around us wow it's amazing we could go on for yeah uh, yeah yeah sorry yeah 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 no 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 we we get no listen I want to it's like what we'll also do. We'll have to say to be continued. So for all of those listeners out there who like are like, oh my god, this is such an amazing conversation. We'll have to have Beverly back on mm-hmm. to continue where we are. She left her website information, and I will also put that into the podcast notes in the description. So if you can, if you want to reach out to her, I'm sure that there's a way for them to email you or something mm-hmm. with you on from your website. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. great. And I don't want to, I want to acknowledge you. I want to say mm-hmm. thank you so much. It took it took a lot to be here. You opened up. You were so vulnerable, and you shared about so many different things in your life and and the process. And what I'm getting is just how amazing and extraordinary that is. Not not everybody. It that is a rarity to be just so open. And there was a few moments where I was like, it it went into me, and I was like, oh wow, like I could feel that. Uh, so thank you for impacting me in that yeah. way. And I'm sure that everyone that listening, there might, maybe not everybody, but some of them have mm-hmm. definitely felt the same thing that I just did. And I appreciate you. 
I see you. You're up to amazing <laughs> thing. And thank you so much. Thank you so much. Is there anything you want, you want to say right before you leave? I just want to throw out there the offer. If you feel up for it, if you, if you would, if you wanted to do an exercise where you experience dropping into your body. Ooh, I love it. <laughs> and you experience um, connecting to those inner feelings and the mechanisms of what's happening or what's not happening, just kind of allowing a little space. So I guess it could be a little vulnerable. <laughs> up for it. You don't have to post it. But if you're up for doing it, it really could be super, super powerful. Because this is, this is the juice. Like if I want, this is the only part I want to give away to people what I've learned or what makes a difference, right? It's it's doing this, yeah, on a regular on a regular basis. That this exercise, something like this exercise, absolutely. And I would love to do that. So let's schedule. Let's let's okay. set up some time, and I would love to do that. Even if we record, I think it'd be fantastic to record. Yeah, um, yeah. Actually, I got an idea. Yeah. When you're activated, <laughs> when you're catching yourself like, oh my God, I want to die or it'll rip their head off. <laughs> One of those moments. Okay. Right? To just like spontaneously be, bad, bad. if you got a couple of minutes, I really want to do this. I think that would be, because then it's like, it would be very real. It's, you, know, you would experience it. You would experience the difference that, that happens. Oh. Yeah. Put you on speed dial. <laughs> and yeah, thank you so much. Thank and you. um and I'm grateful and honored that you you gave me a chance to make this time and to create this today. Thank you. You're so very welcome. Beverly Thatcher, everybody, the forgiveness guru. Thank you so much for being here today. We all love you and we'll talk again soon. Bye everybody. Bye bye. Bye. Have a great day, Anne. Thanks, you too. Thank you for joining me and listening to today's episode. I trust that there is something that you experienced that has left you touched, moved, inspired, and empowered to put something into practice. I'd love to connect with you and get your feedback on the show. You can email me directly at Theo at TheoTilton.com. You can also DM me on Meta and LinkedIn at Theo Tilton Coaching, or simply send me a text at 973-221-9980. Be sure to follow and subscribe to this podcast so that you can be notified of new episodes and hit that like button. Thank you for following me on all social media channels at Theo Tilton or at Theo Tilton Coaching. And if you would like to find out more information about what it is that I do as a coach, you can go to theotilton.com. And if you'd like to take a deep dive into personal performance and truly live a life that you love living, get my book or go get into my online course by going to thepracticemethod.com. If you would like to be a guest on my next show, use the links in the episode notes. And until the next episode, my friends, remember, I love you and be extraordinary. Ciao for now.